Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Show. Back with you every Monday until the end of the season. Lots to discuss in our first football pod of 2022 as well. Uh, Guernsey FC have added three players to their squad and lost one in a shock transfer. More on Frank Tobin's switch to Jersey Bulls to come. We'll be speaking to the JP's Jason Fox to get the Jersey perspective on that move and find out how COVID is affecting things for the Bulls. We've also got some FA Cup action to reflect on and we'll take stock of where we are in the Prio League. I'm Tony Kerr, and alongside me is the Guernsey Press's new sports editor, Gareth DePrevo. Hiya, Tony. Good to see you, Gareth. And the man he's replacing in the top seat, Rob Batiste. Hello, Tony. <laughs> I haven't got rid of you yet, Rob. You'll be uh, on the touchline for us for the remainder of this campaign at least. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, look. yeah. Let's hope it's warmer than it was Friday night. Exactly. It was a pretty miserable evening down at the KG5. <laughs> Hopefully plenty more football to see for you, Rob. Um, COVID and biblical rains as well permitting. Um, let, let's start with that news, though, from Friday night. Um, the news that broke on Friday night, Jersey Bulls making a very big splash on social media. Uh, with the unveiling of Frank Tobin. Yeah, I think it's come as a bit of a shock to some. Uh, I think Guernsey FC were aware of his intentions to move to Jersey, but he certainly hasn't wasted any time in signing on with their top side. No, but I've, I, from what I hear is that I think he'd, he'd made um, moves behind the scenes some time ago to um, about whether he would be welcome at Jersey Bulls. And, of course, he's been living more or less in Jersey for six weeks, I gather. And he has been a very, very um, um, rare place in, you know, a rare player in the Guernsey FC side most of this season. So, um, you know, whilst he was a very, very good player, um, the fact that he didn't play too often, it won't be considered as a huge blow. Yeah, he played 88 times all in all for, for Guernsey. He did feature in that 6-2 win um, against Staines at Footslane in December. That's the last time Guernsey FC were in action. Um, some interesting comments on the back of the paper today, Rob, from Tony Vance, who says we might not have seen the last of Frank Tobin. Yeah, he feels that um, Frank is one of those guys who's changes his mind very regularly. And he, he's either, you know, one, one day he's in, one day he's out, and, you know, one day he's here, one day he isn't. Um, I think, you know... Um, Tony doesn't seem to be too bothered and, and obviously had expected it for a long period. Um, it's a shame because, as I said, I'd love to have seen him play um, in a Marathi in his best position, playing wide right on the right back, basically, or, on, or, or, or as a wing back. Um, because there is something, you know, he really is quite magnificent when he's going full tilt, particularly in a foot slaying and he runs into space. He does really look like a Rolls Royce. But um, we're not going to see it. As simple as that. Um, I think you'll probably get in the Jersey Bulls team. Um, I can't imagine them having anybody better in that position if he's fully committed. And that's a question with, um, with Frank. Will he be fully committed? Time will tell. thought about contacting Chris Dyer for a comment on this one, Gareth. <laughs> not sure what he would make of a player switching I'm from green sure to red. I'm not sure he'd be able to um, use that on a podcast. <laughs> there might be a few expletives and... Well, I don't think Chris will be um, having any sandwiches made by Frank Tobin. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a different situation now, isn't it, than, than perhaps players past who, who made the switch. Obviously, it's, a, it's a rare move to make. Um, 
at the outset of GFC, there were all those rumours for, for quite a while about um, Jack Boyle and Luke Watson, maybe when there wasn't a Jersey Bulls project um, in place, them coming over to Guernsey to, to get a higher level of football. But um, certainly Frank is the first one to, to actually make that switch. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if he sticks around long enough down there to actually get a um, be in contention for Moratti's spot, which would be in 2023, because he wouldn't be eligible this season, I wouldn't have thought. In terms of comings and goings, it has been quite a busy time for Guernsey FC. You know, not, not sort of used to having players uh, arriving on transfers and, and, and moving off to, to Jersey, certainly. But um, the three that have come in over the last few weeks, great news that Callum Stanton is is on Ireland and, and committed to Guernsey FC full-time now. Obviously, a player who made a massive impact in goal over the last few years. Jacob Fallis as well, back from America. And Tom Jackson is a youngster who played a couple of times before the pandemic. Uh, he was based in England, but is now moved to the island for the rest of the season as well. What do you make of of those three acquisitions because uh, we spoke to Tony Vance a few weeks ago before Christmas and you know there were a few concerns about the strength uh, in depth of the squad but they're going to make a massive impact surely yeah three great signings and they'll actually will add some robustness to the team and sort of you know some height to the team we weren't a very big team at all um you know um, Carl Smith was probably our biggest player, tallest player, um, without with Fat Wolf exactly not you know being on the sidelines. But Tom Jackson, I gather, is six foot two ish. Uh, Jacob Fallet is again in the region six two six three. Callum Stanton is just shade of six foot two, I believe, um, but a very good goalkeeper in the air. And the fact that he's going to be around for we would hope for a few years, um, that's a great boost for the club. You know, I, you know, we, they always say a good team needs a good spine, and we've we suddenly got. One would hope, if Jackson is as good as people are talking him talking him up, um, we've suddenly got a sudden a spine, a, a real substance with um, Stanton, Jacob, who's very very dominant in the air, as we know, Tom Jackson, and of course Ross up front. Although I don't see Ross as a main number nine anymore uh, we may have Will Fazakli back very very soon but I wouldn't be at all surprised if Tony Vance dips into this sort of this transfer market um, again and we get another player on board before too long I'm hearing a few whispers I wouldn't be at all surprised I know Tony's certainly up for it he wants some change um, and he's I think a bit fed up of languishing towards the bottom of the league. He wants to really have a go at it. And certainly for next season, 22-23, you know, get GFC really pushing for promotion. So, good luck to him. Yeah, certainly by the time GFC next run out of Footslane, which all being well will be um, a week on Sunday, the 23rd of January. Gareth, lots for the supporters there to look forward to. Yeah, hopefully, as long as those <laughs> games go ahead. The amount of times I've been turning up to Foots Lane without things going on. But, um, yeah, certainly, I mean, those three signings are obviously a major boost for the Green Lions. And, uh, I mean, yes, they're new signings, but they're also sort of returning as well. And, and because you know what you're going to get from I mean, Callum Stanton's just an outstanding goalkeeper. Jacob Falles has obviously benefited hugely from his time in America. And, I mean, Tom Jackson's only a young lad, but um, he, he's he's obviously got a lot of potential. But... Just those, the fact that you know that they they will improve the squad isn't it's not a, a question mark over over those three. It, it is a case of they will improve the squad. So, uh, yeah, hopefully it'll help GFC climb the table sort of sooner rather than later. Yeah, it's all good news. The next question is just when they'll be able to get on the pitch. The last time GFC played um, was the twelfth of December. Since then, we've had a, a flurry of 
um, postponements, uh, COVID-related, the, the most recent of which was, was last weekend. They're due to be going to Tooting and Mitcham on Saturday. We'll see what happens there. But there's some pretty threadbare squads around at the moment, not least GFC, because it, um, it was actually the Guernsey squad that, um, that, that was sort of COVID-struck last weekend and, and Tony un, unable to field a squad. Yeah, but I think um, part of the reason why Tony's got these players in is he wants to stabilise the squad and stabilise the starting team and having people in who are going to be basically almost like fully on, full committed, fully committed to GFC will improve that. We will have a, little, you know, a lot more stability in selection. And, um, you know, with, as long as we get, you know, a pretty good run with injuries, um, I can see um, the club having a really good second half of the season. And, and I know they're languishing near the bottom, but when you look at the, you know, there's about five teams within about three or four points and we've got six or seven games in hand on all of them. You know, I, you know I, I'd be very, very surprised if we're anywhere near the bottom come the end of the season. Are you sensing any fears about this COVID situation? As you say, there are so many games to catch up on and time is being eaten into, um, it's going to be a very busy end to the season. Yeah, but as I say, with those players coming in, they will be playing week in, week out, away midweek as well. You know, they are here to play football. Um, they're not here to um, miss out on these games. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a bit testing, but I think that the club are up for it. And um, let's hope that the opposition are willing to play us. <laughs> Yeah, we should wait and see. Well, to get a bit of reaction to that Frank Tobin transfer and, and find out what the situation is over in Jersey, where the Bulls are also having a few sort of COVID-related issues at the moment, we spoke to uh, the sports editor at the JP, Jason Fox. And I began by asking him uh, just what the reaction has been to that Jersey Bulls signing and what kind of reception he expects Frank Tobin to get over there. A big splash on social media on Friday uh, late afternoon, Jason, with the news that Frank Tobin had made the switch from the Green Lions to the Jersey Bulls, the first player to do that. Um, what, what's the reaction been like at that end and how do you expect him to be received? Um, in terms of a reception, I, I, I'd like to think that everyone will welcome him. You never, you never know with, with Guernsey Jersey, do you? It's um, uh, always open for a bit of kind of speculation as to what, what the reaction will be. But um, I'd like to think everyone will kind of accept him with open arms and um, I got potentially the fact that he's, he's, I guess, not Guernsey through and through might help. Um, is, he, is he from Bristol? I think is that, yeah. is that right? Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, they, they, when it kind of first broke on Friday, I, I was as surprised as anyone else, I think. And uh, but the, the reaction I've seen looks is is reasonably positive, I think. And from what I've seen um, online, Guernsey Guernsey FC fans saying, oh, "You've got yourselves a good player." So. Yeah, he's, we'll, certainly we'll that. he's certainly a good player. Yeah, do you expect him to slot straight into uh, Jersey Bulls eleven? I mean, how settled have things been for them this season? I would be, I'd be surprised if he does, because I think, as you say, things are quite. I think things are quite settled there, and they're doing. Everyone knows how well they're doing. Um, but I spoke to Dan Sevoir, who's the um, head coach at the Bulls yesterday, and he, he said, to, you know, well, as they always say, competition is great for any team. So. Um, I think they'll all be looking forward to, well, he'll certainly be looking forward to the, the competition that, uh, that Frank will provide. Um, but I don't think it'll be too long. If, if what I hear is true, I think he'll be probably um, on, the, on the start, start sheet pretty, pretty quickly. 
And I guess in theory, he could be in line for a debut um, this weekend. Uh, Jersey Bulls hosting Croydon Athletic or should be hosting Croydon Athletic. But there's been a, a few um, there's been a few COVID issues over the last couple of weeks. Um, teams or well, certainly one team in particular, Beckenham Town, choosing not to, to travel to, to Jersey for that match. I mean, how precarious are things at the moment uh, as far as Bulls and the COVID situation goes? Um, I think sitting over here, it doesn't seem that precarious, I don't think. Um, I think I think the, the problem or the concerns are more the UK clubs. I think they have the, the con- that they have coming here. Um, yes, the cases that we have here are... Well, I think to say they're very high might even be an understatement. Um, I think amongst the highest in Europe, I think per capita, per like for the population. But um, uh, I think, yeah, as I said, I think the concern is the clubs coming in, and uh, it's it's a bit of a shame. I think the way things are, particularly with Beckenham. Um, God, I don't know what will happen with that because it's not quite all about board. I think from what I hear, but. Um, hopefully Croydon will go ahead as far as I spoke to the Bulls this morning they said it is still on for this weekend there was a they had a put a request in to switch the fixtures but I think that was kind of quickly um, pushed back um, so I think I think yeah this weekend should be alright barring a, a massive change between now and then but then things change day by day at the moment aren't they Jason um, over the years we've had um, um, a certain opposition amongst quite a few um, GSC rival clubs to come into the Channel Islands. Have you sensed that in Jersey as well in the last two or three years since the Bulls have been going? Before this week or before last week with Beckenham, no. Um, I think most clubs see it as a, as a good trip away. Um, all costs are paid for, so it's not really costing them anything. Um, and I think, yeah, the, 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 the FA Cup ties that we had here early in the year... Um, they all went okay. The restrictions admittedly weren't as, as strong as they are now, but the players still had to have a PCR test to come in. Um, and they they all went ahead fine. We had record crowds here and, and it all went pretty smoothly. Um, and now obviously it's the way things are. We're back in them whatever, for whatever their, their thought processes are. It's, it's all kind of changed. But um, I think the next kind of month or so will be quite telling. The games that are meant to be coming up and, and whether beyond Croydon we have anyone else who potentially says, mm, I'm not sure, well, can we change things about? Because this is down to uh, the situation in terms of travel restrictions and border controls at Jersey, isn't it? That that players would have to have a, a negative PCR before they travel. Yeah, so yeah, the, the, there's a few ways to, to kind of do it. So you can, if you've got three vaccinations or you, and you've had your booster jab, then uh, you can come uh, without a pre-travel test. If you've only got two jabs or if you haven't got any or if you've only got one, um, you have to have um, a pre-travel pre-travel PCR within 72 hours of, of arrival. Um, if you don't have either of those, you've got to isolate until you get a negative result, So, which obviously wouldn't work for, for players coming over. On a broader sense, um, Jason, um, Bill's been going for a while now. How's the situation between the relationships between them and the Jersey clubs? Has that all been very smooth? And was it? yeah, I think it's actually it's actually been been better than I, to be perfectly honest, than I expected. Um, I was I was never expecting any animosity or anything like that. But I think the um, the way that the local league has is is has gone since since the Bulls were formed what two and a half years ago now. Um, is is quite promising, um, and the the links between the players are kind of dropping in between, still playing for their clubs when they're not playing for balls, 
Um, I think it's yeah, it's 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 been going really well from from through my eyes anyway. I, I haven't seen any any problems at all. Unless of course you're a St Paul's fan, are they still bottom? St Paul's are struggling. Yeah, so yeah, the first year that Bulls were about, they I think they held their own pretty well. Actually, now they might have even been towards the top of the league. And actually, no, they finished second. I think Wanderers claimed it on points per game that year. Um, but um, they've lost a few of those the senior players that weren't playing with Bulls. Um, and it is now a very, very young side. Um, last year, obviously, Bulls ran away with it because uh, St Paul's ran away with it because Bulls weren't playing. Um, but uh, yeah, now all those players have gone back to play for the Bulls. It's it's a young St Paul's team, and they are unfortunately. As, as defending champions, they're they're not doing too well. Um, so, yeah, you kind of you kind of do worry a little bit, particularly if with with them being quite young, um, you worry about the effect they might have. But hopefully, in in time, it will kind of iron itself out. Who is the um, who are the stronger sides down there these, at the moment? Who's going to win the league? Do you fancy the local league? St Clement are actually the, the kind of surprise package this year. Um, so they're although they might not view themselves as a surprise package because they've been reasonably strong for a few years. But um, so they're at the top at the moment. And Grooveville, we've got a few names that a few new names at the top. Um, Grooveville and St Brellard are towards the top of the league. Um, the last two champions, St Pauls, as, as we've just said, and, and Jersey Wanderers, are, are actually kind of they're both struggling. Um, so it's a bit of a, yeah, the, the table's kind of been flipped on its head um, as a result of the Bulls. Um, well, maybe not as a direct result of the Bulls, but it's, um, it's certainly changed the last couple of years. Am I right in thinking then that neither St. Clement, Grooville or St. Brellard have ever won the the Marquis Trophy? I presume it's still the Marquis Trophy they play for? Yeah, I'm sure there's there's probably a, a stat man out there that will, will know for sure. But I, I, as far as I'm aware, um, no. Um, I don't. I think it would be a first for for any of those. Mm. Do you think there's been any sort of noticeable sort of drop of standards in the in the Premier Division with the balls going? I wouldn't say. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's been noticeable as such. I think the, the games have it's been a lot more competitive and arguably more exciting, to be honest, because it's um, yeah, you, you kind of don't know what you you don't know what you're going to get. Um, so I think it's that's similar to over here, Jason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think when I think when the Bulls first kind of came up as an idea, as, as as being developed as a club, there was that concern that it would destroy the league, and because obviously we would kind of seen what happened in Guernsey with with there being a bit of a wobble over there um, when GFC was set up. Um, I think there was that concern here, but I think I mean, okay, yeah, we're only two years in, two and a half years in, but. At the moment, it seems to be doing reasonably well, and it's competitive, which I guess is what we all want. Well, let's hope that whoever emerges as champions over there um, gets a chance to to take on uh, the Guernsey Premier League winners this season in an upturn. I mean, what, what's the feeling at the moment in Jersey about um, about interinsular competition? You know, over the next few months, it's kind of uh, it's it's on the horizon, getting closer all the time. Is is uh, is there a lot of confidence there that those games will get played this season after a couple of barren years? Um... Uh, to be blunt, I don't think there is a lot of confidence. No, um, I think I actually spoke to to the netball uh, f- officials last week, and they they're kind of they've set they've set a date for the interinsulars. Um, or no, they haven't set a date. They've got provisional dates, a choice of two weekends in May, um, which are penciled in. But the Uptons, they said probably not. Um, so there's there's that there. But then I think. Again, it just comes down to, I guess, which island is is prepared to um, 
uh, relax the relax, relax the China travel regulations first, or whatever it might be, to allow things one over one one, one island to, to travel. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I don't think it's. I, I think we'll probably be going to be looking at 2023 before we we get at something resembling a um, interinsular fixture list. That's that's what we remember. Would you have any um, strong hope for the main Marathi though? I think that'd be fine. That'd be fine. Yeah, it's more the age, um, the age group games, I think, isn't it? As a bit age group games. Yeah, I mean, I think we got the first one in March with one of the junior games in March. I think is the first one. Yeah, the Centenary um, Junior Marathi. Yeah, so I think I'd like to think so with that. I think the, uh, the Jersey FA and Guernsey FA are obviously the kind of very established entities, and the organisation um, behind it is. Uh, potentially a little bit stronger due to the kind of volunteer base and the, the the support base they have there, so they might be able to arrange it a bit easier than the kind of your so-called minor sports. Um, not the night netball is certainly not a minor sport. I'm not using that as an example, but um, I think yeah, the, the football kind of interinsular ties would probably be safer. Um, but again, I think yeah, it just it comes down to to the to the border border restrictions. I'm not sure exactly what they are in Guernsey at the moment for for inbound travellers, but. Uh, um, I guess, yeah, as, as it is for, for Guernsey teams coming here, yeah, they need either to be triple vaxxed, as they say, or have a PCR test before they, before they come. Yeah, let's hope things do get moving and, um, and yeah, the Guernsey teams can get over to Jersey. And if it is Guernsey to face Jersey in the, the Marathi Vars final in May. What do you mean May, if, Tony? If, what if. do you mean well, if? Let's not, yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, but the good news is that um, for spectators who head over there is that those, uh, those very, very unpopular fences at Springfield might be gone. Yeah, might be. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it might 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 be the, yeah, is the operative word. Um, the uh, the the story behind that is is kind of um, almost as long as as COVID. Um, so yeah, the, the plans for that were approved kind of twenty twenty, um, and then delays hit financial and and pandemic related. I think, and it's now getting to kind of crunch time for for the balls more than anyone. I mean, it's not obviously it will benefit all of island football, but. Um, the Bulls need the, the fencing behind the goals to be moved back um, in order for them to get promotion to fit the criteria for the ground. So um, I think they've got a date, end of, end of March is their deadline so that the FA, the English FA can, can ratify it and, and approve it. Um, yeah, so the big high fencing is due to be moved back and they're going to install low fences kind of just behind the goal, kind of waist high, I think, um, for standing room behind the goals, which is, I guess, a return to what, what, we, what we had a decade ago, nearly. And of course, in the background is these these great plans for big stadium up at St Peter by the airport, where presumably the balls would go and use as a home ground in the future. There's yeah, it's, uh, the the talk of an island stadium has been one that's that's been banded around for years, and and no one kind of really has I mean, has taken ownership of it. And then at the same time, both Jersey Reds and Jersey Bulls have have um, not been convincing in their in their kind of. Um, approval of it jersey bulls and also i think their jersey bulls are definitely keen to to stay at springfield and, and island football to the jersey fa as well are keen to stay at springfield as as their kind of historic home they want to keep it that way um so but i think to be honest if, if there was a stadium built that, that was kind of state of the art as, as it is if it, if it does come up out of the ground um i think it would be quite difficult for for any club to turn that down as a, as a home ground because it would be quite a quite a nice place to be i'd, I'd imagine yeah, yeah, and I can imagine um, Springfield turning into a high high story car park at some stage, and 
yeah well they've, they've kind of submitted plans to, to make it more of a community um or well, not submitted plans but ideas at least to turn it more into a community venue with with kind of and split the split the football pitch into two smaller pitches um and make it more of a park effectively rather than a sports facility i think um but uh, yeah it's probably four five six years down the line if we are looking at that i guess but um i'll hold my judgment on that i think so hopefully we'll get a couple of Marathis in before then. One very quick question, Jason. You haven't seen the Jeremy Cup lying around anywhere around there, have you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's still going on. Now. Yeah, we need, to, we need to figure that one out, don't we? <laughs> yeah. That's perhaps why St Paul's have sort of slipped back this. They haven't got time to train anymore. They're out on a big hunt for <laughs> <somewhere>. <laughs> Only cheesing, Jason. Might, yeah. It's always nice yeah. to speak to somebody in Jersey, and it'd be great actually when we do get some proper inter and into club football going again. Because although we do um, mock each other, and from time to time, it is great, and it's um, key to the survival of of Guernsey, you know, Channel Island football. I think so. Long may it survive. Long may it come back. Yeah, hopefully we'll see you in yeah. May, Jason. If not before. Yeah. No, brilliant. Look forward to that. Thanks for your time. Cheers, Jason. Cheers, Jason. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Bye, bye. Jason Fox there from the JP. Uh, some interesting stuff going on in Jersey football at the moment, Rob, uh, for sure. I mean, the, we've got to be hopeful, though, about inter-insular football happening this season. I mean, it's not long away, as you say, until the uh, Junior Marathi, the Centenary Junior Marathi, which is supposed to be held here at the start of March. But fingers crossed. Yeah, um, I think there's a real confidence that the, the main Marathi will take place. Um, but... Having announced that the fact that Junior Marathi was going to be on, and I think it's the 6th of March, which is about eight weeks away, I heard a few vibes at the weekend that um, the authorities aren't, aren't quite so confident, being, being, being juniors, in fact, you know, with the uh, perhaps not having the same amount of um, the jabs, necessary jabs, etc., that there could be some issues and whatever. Um, and that would be a great shame, you know, centenary game. Um, and it, we, these these youngsters have missed out on so much in the last three years. I'd hate to think that you know another year goes by where they don't get a game. But um, I want hope, even if it is um, postponed in March, that they manage to fit them in sometime before summer. You know, even if it's the end of May, if necessary, we've got to try and get those games in there because they're really, really important. Yeah, they've got to happen, haven't they? Um, all being well, we'll see a Marathi semi-final in March as well. Are we any closer to finding out who will be in the Guernsey dugout? No, um, I believe there is a Guernsey FA board meeting this week where it will be discussed whether they actually come to a conclusion. Who knows? Um, not hearing any whispers as such about who may well take over. I'm pretty sure. I think it's going to be pretty an in-house appointment. Um, when I say in-house, I think it'll be somebody who's very, very close to the the GFA staff or within GFC. If I was putting money on it, I'd probably think it's going to be possibly Stuart Moyles might take over with Tony Vance or Colin Fellows helping him, or. Why not give it to Tony Vance when he's running, he's operating with the best players week in, week out? I think it wouldn't be a bad decision at all. And I think he'd probably quite fancy it, to be honest. Oh, well, we'll wait and see. Um, as for domestic stuff, we've had a bit of FA Cup action over the last um, couple of weeks. Uh, anything stand out from that for you, Rob? Yeah, um, Friday evening at the KG5. I'm turned up there fearing that it would be an absolutely awful evening. We'd get soaked and it was five degrees it was showing on the car 
But in fact, tucked away in the corner there, it wasn't too bad, actually. The rain stayed away and it wasn't quite as cold as I imagined. So that was, that was, a, that was a plus for a start. But on the pitch was pretty, pretty decent entertainment as well. Bell's triumph 3-2 over a very young Rangers team. Um, there were moments in the game where you thought Bell's were going to run away with this because Bell's had a, a good side out. I mean, apart from Mark McGrath, I think they were probably uh, at their, you know, their, their f- at full strength. They might say, oh, we didn't have Charlton Govine. But again, I don't think Charlton Govine will play for Bells again whilst GFC is operating on a regular basis. You know, so I think this was a strong Bells team, which could probably be anybody. Um, and and gives Martins a real tough game just before Christmas. So for Rangers youngsters to hold them to one game, one goal, that was a really, really good effort. And um, I was really impressed once again by young um, Jacques Covin, who's playing central midfield for Rangers, who was only 17 on the 1st of December, I believe, but very, very mature performance. A good, good player in the making. Um, I mean, I've, I've been sort of waxing lyrical early in the season about George McNeiler at North, and um, but I would be, um, I'm equally excited about the progress of Coven, to be honest. And I would have thought if there is a junior Marathi, I, you know, we'd be a good midfield with likes of Coven in there with McNeiler, Ben Acey, of course, he's now established himself with GSE. Good, good middle three that. And if those, if if I, if either Covian or McNeil are, are not in the team, well, we're going to have a very, very good side because <laughs> I, you know, as I say, I do rate them. And um, but there was a good, yeah, I say there was good performances in Rangers. They they are moving on. They are they're bottom of the league, but they are getting better all the time. Um, and as for Bells, as I say, it was. Um, you know, there's a lot of good players there, a lot of experience. It's good to see Brent Markle back, scored a couple of goals. And um, I think they're going to have a say in the what happens in the um, second half of the season. And they may even make a push for a, a top three spot. Um, although I think that really bad run they had over two months when they were hit by injuries may well count against them. But they'll take points off some of the top teams, that's for sure. Yeah, it was a good battle just a week before as well in the uh, in the FA Cup with Sylvans uh, just about edging out Indies 4-2 on the KG5. Uh, a real battling performance from the railway side. Yeah, I wasn't there that day. That was uh, my colleague Gareth who was watching that one. But uh, yeah, James Fuller's team gave Sylvans a real real match, which, which surprised me. Um, and there's apparently there's a couple of cracking goals in there. I was at the corporate field that afternoon where... Velrec, who have won it twice in recent times, um, were pushed really hard by the Rangers railway side, which showed how poor Velrec were, um, and they were thankful for Glenn Letitia bailing them out with a hat trick. Very good hat trick, I might add as well. You know, we, you know, Glenn's one of these players who's yet to win a Marathi appearance. I would have thought against Jersey, and. Um, has been on the fringes of GFC for quite some time, but certainly as a club footballer, top notch, been given given great service to Velrec over many many years, and remains a very very good player and a goal scorer. They be they would really struggle without without him. And it's back to the Premier League this weekend. Saints defending champions, of course. They start um, twenty twenty two with a nine point lead. Um, over North, having played a game more. Um, some interesting games this weekend. The standout Saints going down to Rovers. Rovers uh, third, just a point behind North and with that game in hand as well. So 
Um, uh, yeah, Certainly a must-win one for Rovers there. Otherwise, they can kiss goodbye to any hope of the title. I would. Have, I think they probably still think they've got a slight chance, but as I said for quite some time, I don't think anybody's got anywhere near get anywhere near St Martins by the end of April. They're just too consistent. Yes, yeah, St Martins still unbeaten, so you think that could be that unbeaten record could still be safe by the end of the weekend? Even if they lose on Saturday, which is quite possible, um, no, nah, nobody's going to nobody's going to touch them over the over the over the season. Rovers will drop more points, North will drop more points, and Sylvans will drop more points. Well, elsewhere this weekend, Sylvans host Vale Rec, um, Rangers host North, uh, and it's Manza against Bells. There's one cup game as well this week, um, North uh, taking on St Martin's Railway side. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Premier League, yeah, springing back into action. Hopefully the weather um, yeah, doesn't cause too many issues as we progress over the next few weeks. I mean, yeah. uh, games are falling by the wayside. They are falling by the wayside, but we've got the Stranger Cup is about to start at the end of the month. I gather here, although they're not in the fixture list yet, that the first game might be, I think, on the 20th of January. Um, so we'll have that um, to tide everybody over. That will be played on the KGFI 3G, whatever. So we can look forward to some regular football on you know, in that fruit, that competition for at least a couple of weeks. And hopefully by then, into February, things will have settled down and we can watch football in T-shirts and and um, without our, our wellies on. Yeah, looking forward to that for sure. Um, before we wrap up, just a, a quick mention for Alex Scott, Meditissi as ever, um, nominated um, in the top category for Channel and Sports Personality of the Year um, this year. Uh, that's a very good sign for... Guernsey football well three of the four nominees are, are Guernsey sports people this this time around um and, and two footballers yeah and um a f- fair fair chance I think one of those will win it in fact I'd put I'd put my stick my neck out and say Alex Scott will win it this year unless is of course there's only one jersey um nominee whole jersey may well get behind the jersey cricket jersey cricket team captain Chuggy Perchard so that may well for you know win it for them because we've seen that before you know, when one island has only had that one one nominee out of the four, of course, he's, the vote isn't split. Um, so it could be Chuggy Perchard's year. I wouldn't be surprised. But to my mind, in terms of what he's done and the you know the progress made in in twelve months, Alex Scott would be my choice. Yeah, Mayor Leticia, of course, the, the winner last time out um, before COVID. I'm sure she wouldn't begrudge handing over that award um, award to him this time around. I'm sure she'd be quite happy. So that takes place at the end of the month. Um, all being well, of course, uh, things changing all the time. Uh, Rob, thanks very much. We would say thanks to the Gareth, but he's had to dart out. So uh, we'll catch up with him next time. But um, yeah, where are you this weekend, Rob? I'd be at Portsmouth. I'm hoping the wind doesn't blow, but I think the forecast is pretty good. So um, I think it's going to brighten up. It might be a bit chillier, but... Look forward to a good game on the on, on the grass down at Portsmouth. We'll see you down there for that one. We'll be back um, on Monday with another Guernsey Press football show. In the meantime, do give us a follow on social media if you're not already. At GSY Press Sport is the place to go. And do pick up a paper Monday to Saturday uh, for the very best local sports coverage, football and everything else that's going on. Um, uh, should be your first port of call. Right, cheers, Rob. Um, cheers, we'll see mate. you next time. Ta-da.